Welcome to the podcast. This is a living library of resiliency where we have creative conversations. It's a journey involving discussions to process resiliency, a conversation of discovery and healing, creative pathfinding tips and talks among friends to open ears and eyes. We hope to find many new stories to share through the living library. I'm your host, Rhiannon Berry. I am a self-taught artist, an experienced social worker and crisis counselor, a community-minded wellness program developer, and a psychology student. You can find my artist portfolio on my website, bwimsy.ca. Join me with special guest co-hosts and guests as we share stories and exchange energy in mutual respect with individuals from all walks of life. My special guest co-host for this episode is Tanya Hendricks. In 2016, Tanya underwent a radical transformation and reinvention. Hamilton was a soft place to land, and she's been living and working in the city they call the Hammer ever since. She identifies as queer femme and uses the pronouns she, her, hers. Tanya graduated from Sheraton College's Fine Arts program in the 90s, and despite her day job, manages to carve out time to be creative. She worked in a variety of mediums, from sculpting to metalwork, photography to mixed media and collage. She is mainly interested in investigating identity, change, and belonging. All facets of the arts fascinate and delight her, music, theatre, and dance. She has a fierce respect and admiration for slam poetry and would one day like to try stand-up comedy. Her favorite traits are curiosity and perseverance, peppered with a sense of humor. She's a voracious reader and likes to visit art galleries, preferably solo so she can linger uncumbered. And she also races dragon boats, plays pickleball, and loves dodgeball. Yes, it's a thing. Episode 18, I'm Still Here. Heather has always dipped into creative outlets like writing, drawing, and performing, and says these activities increase her contentment and ability to cope day to day. As an emerging artist, she hosts her first solo exhibit in May 2022. Her show is titled Suspended Logic. She is coordinating an event for her presentation that is kink inclusive and highlights sexual liberation, pandemic processing, and concepts of isolation and human contact. We discuss things she wishes she had known about becoming a professional artist, such as the relentless necessity of self-promotion and pricing commissions and art for sale. She finds inspiration in local women artists who continue to produce new and exciting work. The physical hardship of Canadian artist Maude Lewis the homelessness, addictions, those struggling, underdogs, victims, survivors, and broken people. Heather can relate to struggling. After years of severe and chronic alcoholism, now 18 years sober, Heather knows more about why her life path led her to alcoholism and self-destructive behaviors. Heather began drinking at the age of 11 and became dependent on it by 16. This behavior led to losing her place in a political studies program and being charged with careless driving in her 20s. She lived in a pattern of humiliation and had lost 
connections with meaningful relationships for many years. She says alcohol had been there to entomb and avoid facing her childhood sexual trauma. We tend to think of AA or rehab programs when we think of alcoholism and recovery, but in Heather's case, her all or nothing way of thinking steered her towards taking recovery into her own hands. She was armed with a makeshift withdrawal kit of drugstore items, spent three weeks in her apartment alone, and never looked back. She shares the story of the unadorned bathroom floor and her self-guided withdrawal experience that turned into the beginning of rescuing herself and reclaiming her life. I'll jump into the pool and then go, oh, oh, right. Or not jump at all, all or nothing. Uh, so the reminder is to develop and see an idea through start to finish is very it's important. New to me. It's important, but it can be hard when you have attention issues, right? Or like even oh, you, your yeah. background is full of trauma too. And you are, what, 30 years? You said 30 years sober? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm coming up on what is eighteen. I'm coming up on eighteen. 18 sorry, years. I no, aged no, you. No, 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 that's quite all right. <laughs> I'm coming up on eighteen years of sobriety from alcohol. Right. And uh, hell yeah. So seeing things through to the end, you kind of had a like a late start in kind of conceptualizing what that would look like for you. Yeah, I guess I'm realizing that uh, the first maybe thirty years of life was survival practices, and then yeah. now with a really well-rounded support team. I'm creating space in between hypervigilance and regular. (laughs) So some emotional regulation and all of those things. But goddamn, like, it's hard. Like, I'm tired. And I think people get mad. So I've been... Some people uh, recently have been giving me some guff, which I think is normal. When a light shines bright, there's always the poo-pooers. And your light does shine bright. It does. I'll tell Thank you. Thank you. Because it, it's me. I, I'm just me, and I like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been told I'm I'm hot and cold, and I'm an acquired taste, and I'm too much, and too this, and too that. And uh, I used to, maybe even as little as like two years ago, those words would have sent me spiraling into an emotional cry fest of worthlessness, and mm. uh, <laughs> COVID helped me realize that. No matter what I put out into the ether, once it's there, my job pretty much is done. And that I cannot control how anything will be interpreted, received, understood. If I, great, if you want to have a dialogue about an idea that I've shared, that's great. But um, so it's been a really nice detachment. (laughs) It's been nice for people who needed that time to really sort themselves out, I think. Yeah, without the pressures. It was like finally society was living the same way that I I lived people feeling a little overwhelmed people needing a little bit of personal space in the grocery line people wanting for maybe some perceived germ protection that a mask might have afforded so all of these uh neuro I'm gonna throw out the term of like neurodivergent (laughs) thinkers people who fall on the ASD autism spectrum uh 
disorder that that whole umbrella all of those people that think outside the box you know we've been coping with like external stimuli our whole lives and only now are we putting really nice labels to it and we're making I saw oh my god so I used to be a special needs educator I was with the DSBN for about 12 years and back in the day kids with autism who were labeled as autistic we would call them like severe or crazy but the I'm glad the language is changing but we used to put books in kids backpacks to weigh them down to give them the kinesthetic response on the muscles to stop the flailing now we call it a weighted blanket and we sell it at walmart for and everybody owns one yeah and everybody's got one it's amazing how quickly that changed right and it's and it's like you know you wish that had been around when we were teenagers God's sakes, like my son is a teenager now and I'm just like so happy he can be open with how he feels and thinks and comes to me with like these profound thoughts. Are they teaching, like what's different in hit your son's peer group that is a four? Is it the educators the that idea, are opening the dialogue? It like is. What's the... It's partially that, but it's also that they have to be trained in certain things too and they're they have rules that they have to follow as far as language and what they teach and curriculums um for instance like indigenous teaching right when i was in school that was a chapter like yeah. and it was a wrong information yeah right I took my 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 uh, niece and nephew to a powwow and started talking to them this was about three four years ago well before the pandemic talking to them about residential schools. They looked at me as if I had three heads. And the amount of trauma, right? And they're teenagers. They have not learned anything. Yeah, but like the trauma's talked about in schools about that now instead of these were Plains people and these, you know, like instead of that over. So it's the same thing like um, uh, LGBTQ is talked about completely differently in schools now. Bullying is talked about completely. He, one time, he jokes with me all the time and he says, I said something to me, he goes, mom, uh, I said, well, aren't you, don't wear that shirt to school. It's all wrinkly and dirty. He goes, mom, it's a zero bully zone. I went, so you're going to wear a dirty wrinkled shirt because this is, it. he's like, I can wear whatever I want. I went, whoa, because as teenagers, come on, like we can all admit, like how long did you take honing your style and what you were wearing and how you did your hair and if you, what kind of like, you know what I mean? And he's just comfortable, like, I'm not saying, well, maybe he's a bit of a dirtbag, too, but... <laughs> but but is just, that a male thing? Um, like, are, are, was it more the girls that were interested? What, in, like, I was in a convent for four oh, years, okay. so you wore a uniform, and, yeah, it, no. and it was so simple that I way. think guys... And then you competed, basically, on, you know... Headbands and shoes. No, you weren't even allowed that. <laughs> no? No, no, it was very, mm. very strict, right? So... Now it became really an issue of who you are as a person, how clever you are. Those more interior ideas were important, not, you know, what are you wearing? Yeah. But I think, like, just to answer, just to touch your question briefly, I think men and boys were just, are just as concerned about their appearance, only they couldn't show it. But yeah. maybe there are like a, another subgroup too that just don't care and they roll out of bed. I that's think, the type well, of person right? they are. It's all it's it's the rainbow. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. All the things exist. Yeah. Uh, my friend has a twelve year old daughter who was happy for uniforms because it saved her morning prep time and stress exactly because Absolutely. they couldn't afford the name brands. Exactly, so yeah. it eliminated classism right off the top, which was amazing. Uh, girls in boy none of but where it snuck in is, well, what eyeliner are you wearing? 
oh, mm-hmm. it's not Sephora, it's Shoppers, it's not Mac, it's so there's even these. They'll find but a the way. men, the bo- mm-hmm. the young men, um, I dialogue actually with a young male. He, we have a platonic on a Instagram relationship through art, and so I'm constantly asking him for a young male perspective, um, particularly particularly as I'm expanding into erotic art, which I brought one today to show you guys. <laughs> yeah, I pulled one up earlier. Yeah. Um, oh, do you want me to talk about that piece? Do you want me to talk about that piece, Rhiannon? I really like this piece, and this is different from anything. I've been following you for a long time. I remember when I first came across you, it was just like a random, you must have hashtag Niagara Falls or something, and I just remember I commented. I was like, wow, this is really cool because I hadn't seen anything like your art before, but this is like an evolution. Thank you. I'm I'm going to receive that word really nicely. That makes my heart. That's good. Um, sometimes my brain is not able to access measurable growth. And through friends who have uh, partaken in uh, a not cognitive therapy, but an extension of that, DBT, dialectic behavioral. Um, I realized that my brain, no matter how you could say to me, Heather, your work is gorgeous and I love it. And uh, my brain won't accept that as fact because I don't have measurable evidence. So what I'm learning is uh, your words, Rhiannon, right now mean nothing. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do now is when I go home, I'm going to write down that two people, the fact is I was invited to a podcast that I respect in order to speak about my work. That's a fact. I can't negate that. And nobody would have asked me to do that if there wasn't value there. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to look at that fact. I'm going to take that inventory and and use that because my brain uh, makes peace with that a little easier. So it'll take just a little bit longer. Well, it's fact-based, not mm-hmm. emotion-based. Mm-hmm. I My brain feels much uh, more grounded in, I can't argue it as much. I could argue a compliment. <laughs> How many of us, particularly women, yeah. I would think, yeah. oh my gosh, Tanya, you look beautiful today. Oh, bitch, you just saying that because, so uh, we, yeah. we will attempt to tear it down at every turn. And I don't want to do that to myself anymore. It hurts yeah. me. It hurts my spirit. It hinders my growth. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is look at it from a different perspective. I respect Rianne and Barry and her work. I respect what she's doing in the community. So if I'm putting stock in her, her and her program and she invited me, oh, I guess that means something. So mm-hmm. it's great. Like, I, <laughs> So this piece in particular is an evolution, absolutely. This piece came out of nowhere. Um, well, it didn't come out of nowhere. Actually, what it came from is if you can look on the picture, you're going to see a nipple. Breasts. Those breasts are hanging above my bed in a piece of work that I um, acquired many years ago. And I had to start with the part of my body that I love. And quite frankly, I adore my itty bitty titties. (laughs) I love hearing that because most women are so hypercritical of their bodies. What a joy to hear you say that. I love it. I love them for so many reasons. Number one, I can show up braless and nobody's the wiser. Number two, I can buy like sports bras at Walmart in the kids section for like six bras for like 10. But also... So coming into my 44th year as a single cis 
female identifying as pansexual so and never affording myself permission to explore both my sexuality my relationship with cannabis as medicine and exploration and then artistic exploration type a personalities perfectionists hypercritical traumatic people don't we, we draw a flower and then we make it perfect yeah. and draw until yeah. you ruin it. You ru- yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And this, um, I never expected anyone to see this. This was drawn for me, by me, to me. Um, you can see that I'm dripping from my vagina. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing guilt-free orgasm. I'm smoking cannabis that I've grown in my dream as I'm trying to manifest a garden. Um, because I live in a very unsafe area yeah, right now. We can get into that. I want to talk about that. Yeah. So, um, and what, you know, it's so weird as artists, we never know what's going to resonate and, and what will not. Um, so this piece has sold. <laughs> yeah. I did not. Did you make prints? No. You should. No, I should not. No? No. You just sell it and that's, that's it? It depends on what it is. Oh, okay. This piece has no earthly business being in the hands of, of, of anybody else, else except for the person who bought it and got it that's how i feel about it yeah. I love now that. this yeah. you can make prints. i got mass prints yeah. the, there's one. two in there you know feel feel free to pull them out there but um some things i feel i want in the hands of many and some things i do not and that's a piece by that's piece personal decision yeah mm-hmm. so and the print game's tough we were talking about that um in terms of things i wish i'd known as I chose to become an artist, I yeah. think that was one of the questions that I had answered. And mm-hmm. I never, one of the reasons why I'm really happy that you're in my life now, Rhiannon, is that um, I really value your experience of wearing the business hat in terms of art marketing and community resonance. And so I'm learning from you. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's what it's all about. What it looks like, how you finish it, what buttons you click, things like this, yeah. different hats. So for me, I really, really hesitated doing prints and everybody who's like a professional or you know uh, a, a classically taught artist is like you need prints you need prints and oh there's another one behind it cool um and I was just like I don't want to spend all my money because I go into galleries I go to fairs and I see these packages of prints just lined up in piles like I went into I went to um Manitoulin last summer <gasps> and I went to this beautiful gallery and there was million dollar art in there. And like I was considering buying a $10,000 piece. I'm like, what, when I walked out, when I made myself walk out of there, I went, what was I thinking? But it was so beautiful in there. But he had prints from like 1994 still. This is the classic uh, moral divide that I have in my spirit. And if I may share a quick story that illustrates kind of this art philosophy sure. that I carry. The fact that you went into a space, something moved you so much, you were prepared to assign a huge dollar value mm-hmm. to that. But because you didn't have the currency of money, you walked out empty-handed. I have a problem with that. I had <laughs> I had a bit, I had at the time some investment money that I was considering using for that piece. Mm-hmm. But I weighed the options in my mind. I was in there for about an hour and a half. And I was seriously, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, what was I thinking? And never once for a moment did you think, I bet, you you never thought, that's not worth. No. You honored its worth. I did. But it was the currency that kept you from bringing it home. 
So last, so I attended a workshop the other night and a friend reached out to me. I had posted a, a doodle of wild boar and turtle. Yeah. And she said, can you, is that, is it done? Is it for sale? How much is it? Now I know this person is of the same income bracket as myself, uh, which is neither here nor there. She called me and I said, um, what we're going to do is you've heard pay what you can. Mm-hmm. I will I will not sleep. With that there it is. I like that. That's one. the one. So that was. So when the person called and said, "I need to have that," there was no. Can, am I allowed to swear? Yep. There's no fucking way. I'm gonna not make sure that gets into the hands of the woman. I'm not gonna let currency get in the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, depend. You know, pay what you. Can. I'm I'm open to barter, because current money is just mm-hmm. a currency we all decided we need. I'm well, trying. I don't need it. I need it, but I, but I, I don't. Well, I love the idea that you're trying to connect this work that's so personal to you with the end user who's going to love it. That it's not a cash transaction. It's about the art. Yeah, and I want the cash. Don't get me wrong. Like on this print, you know, I'd love to make a hundred bucks, ten bucks a print. Yeah, I need. I have rent, and I want to eat as well. But I'm not going to stop art from being sold because of money if you can come at me and say wow i can feed you for six days you want to like so i'm open to that there is so many perspectives on this right like i know people who are like well i can't sell anything because collectors have have paid two thousand dollars for my artists in their collection so if i sell one for five hundred dollars now what are these collectors gonna say so it comes from all different sides and that also has merit because we are in a moneyed game i did go to a higher-end gallery and was very much informed that what I was bringing to the table was absolutely nothing like what they were. Uh, oh, I've and- received a rejection letter that said, <laughs> and I quote, I don't think any of my patrons would like your art or anyone in the Niagara region. Oh, period. Rhiannon, and I immediately right? called Steve and was like, is this normal? And he's like, cry? no, that's Did not. You- I, no, I, I got all hot. That's yeah. kind of mean. And then I was really? like, I was like, mean. who is this and who's behind this comment? Yeah. And what else is going on? There's what have they so heard about me? Like, to phrase that. And or how does is that it help just you how grow? they are? But anyway, I immediately called Steve and I was like, is this normal? He's like, no. Yeah. Not normal. Yeah. Mm. I was uh, told uh, <laughs> at a gallery Brutal. it to my face. I had I was holding my pieces and I was told, put that away. It's giving me a headache. No <sighs> one. It looks like dollar store wrapping paper. Oh, no. No one will ever buy this. But the so curator prior. Mean. It was mean. That's so mean spirited. It's, and it was my very first. So. Uh, so hello. So, this happened. So, well, then, you know what? Good for you for not taking that as. Complete rejection, running away, and leaving art. I had to process because that. That would have been because she was terrifying. an evil bitch. I needed to okay. reach out to somebody to, in order to process Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Tanya, I don't know anything about you. Can you please? <laughs> Can I introduce yes. how we met? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> we're we're pandemic buddies. Yeah. Okay. Through the pandemic. So, during the pandemic, I started an online sort of accountability artist exchange called Creative Conversations yes. Pen Pals Project. Yes, yes, yes. Tanya signed up and her pieces, like she she actually did a really amazing piece. And when we did the exhibit all together in the artist chat, everybody loved it. It was of her 
Uh-oh. And you were naked. <laughs> but she had portrait. Yeah, yep. she had done mm-hmm. this from behind, but like mm-hmm. her foot and everything, the, just the placement of everything blew my mind. Do, I love yeah, it. The interesting part is here, I'll pull one up pull for one you. Up oh, you must me, have it there, please. right? I'll try to find it. Yeah, and that was really interesting that the most interesting part of my nude was my foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of that? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn. I don't know. I did. My sister once dated a guy with a foot fetish. It was very. But it was very all of fun. us. It was a collective foot fetish. I know. It's so bizarre. I loved this project and I embarked upon it because really I've lost all of my art and creativity. Do you over remember the years. which round it was? Very first one. How I think. did you lose it, Tanya? What uh, do you mean? Just, you know what? Life took it away from me. Like I had started as a figurative painter and, you know, sold a number of works, but it wasn't, I wasn't at the point um, where I wanted to be. So mask kind of where you wanted it. to be that you didn't. I wanted to be, um, I don't know. I don't know how big I wanted to be, but I wanted, I wanted to be able to maybe, um, make more of a living and that wasn't really happening and i had children um at the time and i was going through a lot of personal um changes and turmoil so i ended up taking a day job and that kind of sucked everything out of me right and i went to the first one that i don't have on here i I have it here i will take it up for you so you had to pay the bills well, you know, a number of different things, right? I didn't really buy into my talent. I really didn't think I had it. I was fascinated with art. Um, I think that I was a better artist before I went to school, which is what I was told, that I was more intuitive. That's my fear of taking art classes. Yeah, and, and there might have been a point to it. Har- hard to say, but at the end of the day, I, I didn't really buy into my talent. Um, I, I know I'm, I, I love art. Um, it's kind of like music is for me as well. I have no musical skill, but I'm the biggest fan. So I go to shows and I buy the music because somebody's got to be the fangirl. So that's kind of what I considered myself. So I went through this massive uh, change about five years ago, brutal separation. Everything was turned on end and I really needed something. And Right when the pandemic hit, I saw on Facebook your project and I thought, this is fascinating. What a great way to kickstart my creativity. And I really felt I had lost a lot of my intuition, that I had made so many bad decisions that I thought, you know, you're a terrible people gauger like uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, just like your compass character. maybe was yeah, a little off character or... was off my intuition was off so I embarked on this project it was brilliant it was life changing it was so fun and it's evolved since then too I see because I've, want- I've been hesitant I've been if seeing it since day one it, you have to do I, well you I'm coming into try. it Tanya you as I'm seeing right it's like so I good. gotta get comfortable I gotta I'm I gotta... just amazed at some of the stuff that comes in uh, it, you uh, know and in such a short frame of time time so uh, this uh, and idea. this idea this of from... going back and forth oh, with you know your pen pal artist and seeing what they're creating and how it inspires you to create your next piece and That's it's very it frustrating so along fun. the way and i do get like some rounds i get endless messages from people i don't know where my partner is or i, I don't know what to do with this and i think i'm like okay just wait 
let's give them 12 hours and see maybe they're procrastinating maybe they had to work and I'm always so it's the nature of the beast but then when you get through to about the sixth piece it's flowing yeah. the the connection is just there how many I think pieces it really helps you if you have the right you, you need have a to good be committed match. though right like if you you're, do if and you're walking into it you need to understand it's an accountability program you are accountable yeah. because you have a partner mm. that is waiting for you and you have 48 hours to go back and forth and um oh but okay. you can see some people just do photography you know she took a picture of her makeup that oh, day that's so good right uh, i love that one that's who, that's yours isn't yeah. it yeah Oh, this is me and Daniel. Uh, you know, he was interesting to be matched with. I hope he comes That's back fantastic. again one day. Yeah, so what we're I talking did. about, yeah, is creative, <laughs> this pen pal. Oh, yeah. Um, That was right. And that was, you know, I was getting sick and tired of wearing a mask. And then my oh, partner I responded with, with this. <gasps> and I went, Look oh, at the color okay, God. ladies, I have a question. Chills. How do you protect you present something to someone, you send it out there, you feel pretty good about it, and then you get something that comes back from someone else that you perceive to be way better than yours. It happens. Every time. So, okay. Every time with Shelly. Yep. She so was amazing. what do we do? Shelly was amazing. Oh, yes. she was so amazing. Well, first of all, Shelley I Locke. bought one of the pieces, okay. right? So um, here, I'll bring it up for you. So It feels it, like that every time. It was Me so matched fun. with him. I was like, who is this guy? And do you feel like that ding of like... No, because look, it pushed me to create that which ah, sold. Absolutely. Okay. It, sold. It, makes, it makes you better. And it then made, he looked at you. that and went... <gasps> That's so and I enough. looked at that and went... Oh, shit. And, okay. and then I got oh. a class out of this. I taught a class of 14 young girls this online during the pandemic. And so this was Because they out. saw this. And then he sent me that and I went, oh, oh goodness, oh. I can't... <laughs> Game right? on. And then I gave okay. I gave it to Game him. I said on. I said that's it. Yeah. I thought you won. Yeah. Like look at that. It's not a competition. No, but you know what I mean. I'm I just do. like I, I I'm, do. I'm I'm done. You're too good. It was brilliant. Here's here's the nude so you can you can see the foot. For those who are listening but yeah, cannot see, Tanya is about to show me. Um, I know. We'll put so lots the feathers, of the feathers that are covering up the little bits are okay. based on a, a feather painting that Shelley had made. Oh, oh, uh, listeners. Well, the foot gets the most attention because it's so technically strong. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and my eyes went right to right to it because that's the, only because the soul they told, wrinkle because they told you about the foot, but it is the soul wrinkle and the cute toes. You this know? is exquisite. Thank you. We were all like in awe. We stopped yeah. the conversation, right? <laughs> and so we're like, funny. first we have to talk about how brave Tanya is. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was, I had just broken up with my girlfriend, and when she saw that I had done this, she said. Oh, but you've never even sent me a nude, and now you do this? And she wasn't impressed. And I thought, and it's like, yeah, because this came from a celebratory. It sure did. And I thought, this you know, when a I different space. 70, I'll look back and go, that was one cute foot. This is incredible. No, look at the shape. I mean, my goodness, right? Like, Well, the- when you put your arms in the air, you're a little skinnier. Just a note to anybody out there. <laughs> she, she, how many pictures did you take uh, to get that one? 300. Yeah. yeah, at least. And in different places around the house right because initially I had just painted the feathers so that they look like Rianne's you can look at the rest of the um, group of pictures from our yeah, um, Shelly was in there a couple times yeah. Yeah. yeah so the yeah so Shelly had created this feather that I then wanted to copy 
and it was in trying to display the feather and I was having no luck. That's when I decided I'm just going to take off my clothes, put it on my ass and take the picture. I'm glad yeah. you did. I know. It's fun, eh? Yeah. So that <laughs> whole, that whole, um, experience, experience yeah. was amazing. I'm for so me. glad to hear amazing that. for me. You know, I hear that from so many people. I yeah. keep trying to encourage people like participate, but also, like, I did 22 people at one time over Christmas, not this year, but the year before, and it was a bit too much. So that Participation is, is hard for yeah. a lot and of people. This piece here is a collage that I wanted to That was to awesome, try. too. So that kind of uh, reflected the way I felt about the pandemic. Just, just sucker punched. Just sucker punched. So at this time, we were just putting the pictures up. Now we have write-ups. Write about each piece underneath because oh, during wow. the artist session we were divulging so much and I was like I never yeah. knew that's what this was about right that's yeah. the thing you can look at yeah. something and only see surface or you can find out why you put that there and what right well going back to what you were saying earlier you know you. you create a piece and you know you don't want to necessarily have to explain what your no, art means I to someone else, hide right? The real reasons. Sometimes it's very personal, mm -hmm. and either the viewer will catch that or they won't. Yep. Or they'll see it in different ways. If they but, know you, they kind of they have an idea. Okay, there's more to this. And people yeah. will ask, like the people who are really interested will reach out and ask, "Oh, what can you tell me about that?" And some pieces, I, like I'm always, ha I am an open book and I do enjoy talking about all the things. But, you know, when we were talking about prints and things too, again, it's a whole business side that like, it's I mean, you need, you need money to make prints. Like, let's get real. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm currently drawing uh, on foam board, like 20 by 30 foam board. And so to make a print of that, like they're coming in at like $70 a print. Yeah. So... You can see, it's like, yes, you wish to expand in some realms. You need um, to figure out how to get the funding up front. You know, and yeah, mm -hmm. things like that. So some I never wanted projects. to. Yeah. And I think that's what the next uh, 10 years of Heather Fraser art <laughs> is going to look like. Um, is this yours? Yeah, that's going to be. Um, so what you guys can't see is that um, I've posted. Um, what you can probably see in there is a lot of penises. Yeah. You can see. <laughs> I don't see that, but so I at, never see them anyway. Yeah. So, so the penis village. Yeah. <laughs> it's a penis mushroom woman warrior village. There's also a woman performing oral sex on an angel up at the top uh -oh. there. Can you make that a little larger? Yeah. You, I, that, I can't so really one of the things that, that um, I've been told is that my work is overwhelming at first. But the thing that you're going to get when you get oh, one of my yeah, pieces that. is that you will find things. Look, hang my art in your bathroom. Go <laughs> get cozy because I promise you, you will never see the same thing twice. You will find things in there. Like, for example, in this midsection mushroom, like this, that was a study of Alderaan, Star Wars, where Luke came from. So that mushroom is designed after where he's from. But they all live inside the mushroom. And here's the snake of envy coming around the top yeah lots of penises Angel. and this Wait. looks like a bum yeah um, oh, and, I and, um <laughs> so really i think too what i'm celebrating now as a 44 year old single woman is uh sexual permission 
leaving mm. trauma behind. That was mm. a big part of um, great question, great prep interview questions, by the way, Rhiannon. Um, they really helped me um, see see my life. Yeah. And it was lovely. It was helped me do a really good inventory to I, see. I really like the, the feedback from that, too, because I let people, I say, okay, just answer these three for sure. And then pick six more, which is great because yeah. and see where see where it takes you. Did you answer the question if you if you were a book, what would your title be? Yes, I did. What was what was your answer to I, that? I'm still here. Oh yes, okay, I did. Yeah, see which that. is um, tattooed on me. <laughs> wow, nice and big too. Oh, fantastic! But, and what's the meaning behind that? So I am still here on one side with my moth spirit guide in white. Uh, oh, not a butterfly. Right. I'm not a butterfly. I'm a moth. They are different, significantly different. Um, so that's one side. But the other side is a nice uh, juxtaposition. Because I'm a dichotomy. I, sure. I, I, as we all are. Um, move. <laughs> so you got to be rooted in who you are. Sure. And uh, why I wrote I Am Still Here is that I'm sober. I'm still here. Yeah. Every day I'm waking up choosing not to drink alcohol. Can can we talk about that for Let's, a little bit? Yeah, so, happy. Did happy. you did you how did you get sober? Can you talk about that? I can. Uh, so I started drinking at age eleven, and by the time that I was choosing to get sober, I was consuming uh, about a twenty sixer for us Canadians, a twenty sixer of vodka a day clear, and then whatever was on top of that. So that was my level of consumption. Chasers of wine and whiskey and it whatever yeah, was yeah. at my arm's reach. Um, I had already been kicked out of Guelph University. I was studying politics. I was start entering my third year and I was asked to leave because um, I never really went into the classroom. So I had so much anxiety. I went to the bar. Um, so how I got sober, uh, you know, crashing two cars didn't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they say everybody hits a rock bottom or has like a pivotal moment or whatever. The only thing that really struck me was I watched a movie called Train Spotting. Oh. And selfishly, mm -hmm. I'll just promote um, I did a public speaking series on this on Mo Mondays, which is an oration series um, called I Am Still Here, where I really go into depth about this exact. So at the beginning scene of the movie Train Spotting, the main character is coming off of heroin, and he's in the local store, general store, grabbing all of the items he needs to detox. He was grabbing milk. He's like, he's going through the inventory. Milk of magnesia, one bottle. Aspirin. So he know he's prepping. Um, finish watching the movie. The next day, I went to the grocery store, bought what I thought I would needed, called my parents and said, this is it. I'm, go I'm doing it and you're not going to hear from me. And my mom and dad said, that won't work. Can you guarantee a once a day phone call? Like, we, we didn't have to speak to one another. There just had to be an answering. We didn't have, like, the emojis. This this is almost 20 years ago. Right. So there was no instant communication. It was like a... So all I had to agree to was like a... Ugh, something. Yeah. I'm still alive. I'm still here. That's it. I'm yep. still I'm still here. here. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that whole... My mom said, I believe it was about three weeks, 21 days. Um, I don't really remember. I remember the cold tile on the floor. I remember you barfing. You detox by yourself I all did. alone? I did. Well, that's ballsy. Uh, it, it isn't, it isn't. It isn't, it isn't in terms of how my brain works. My brain works in all or nothings. 
it's not necessarily a moderate place. So for me to to access people or community never even entered. So you had never thought of seeking medical help? Well, my parents put to... me in the psych ward when I was 14 because they found me drunk and passed out with their booze stash. So yeah, my parents were pretty goddamn amazing. But were they drinkers too? Or is it in the family? Around you a lot? Yeah. Yeah, it was around. Yeah. It was around friends. Yeah. See, because mo- you say 11. Yeah. Most severe drinkers start maybe 15 and they become severely addicted maybe 23, 24 you were way ahead of the game. That's way why I asked that question. Game. And I needed it, and I wanted it, and I stole it. Mm. I was processing sexual abuse. And I may I clarify, uh, for those who are listening, uh, I live in a community. My mom and dad are not responsible for any of my trauma. <laughs> I really want to clarify that, that mm. um, all of the um, alcoholism and things related to abuse um, were for out. It, this was outside of the home. Um, mm. And my mom and dad didn't know. I became a master at hiding. Of hiding. You um, do. Yeah. Had they known, um, and my mom and I have since talked about this, um, we have an incredible relationship where we had to work through what would you have done? And my mom's like, well, I would have murdered them. would have murdered them. So mom has done right by me. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. that cause, like, my parents are great. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That can, yeah, it's an important piece to clarify because you never know how the story could come across well yeah my parents are active members of my community and this has a wide listening audience and i don't want anyone to think that my parents are to be misconstrued yeah so so going back so so there you are i'm visualizing you you know uh you're 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 in your apartment you're all by yourself for 21 days yeah you know, this could not have been pretty. It was like disgusting. physically, it must have been. I pissed and shit and barfed all over myself all the time. To- all-, all by yourself. Yeah. Wow. But it was the only. It was the safest. The safest place. The safest for you? place I could have been because mm-hmm. I wasn't being. I could barf freely, without judgment or yeah. shame. No one. W- no one was gonna yell at me. How dare you vomit? Clean it up. Mm-hmm. Didn't have that. I could just. Get healthy. Right. And so after 21 days, you come out of your cocoon and voila. I never looked back. I've not, not had. And, and, and so you, you've never looked back. You've been sober the entire time. Yes. Through your, like, without any type All of like AA program or anything like that. You don't take meetings. You don't. No, you don't I looked into the AA uh, concept and ideology and I mm-hmm. extracted that which I felt to be relevant mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, so a longer pro- so getting sober is one step of physicality remove so go through the withdrawal yeah great that was my 21 days it was 5 years it was 2 years after before i went into a restaurant mhm so like that's where the the work yeah. became so in terms of aa no i did not find uh group support to be helpful it made me angry and it felt like a pissing contest and i did not wish to be a part of it and the type of alcohol you were is not likely to seek help it's it's what type of alcoholic am i was i am i chronic severe Ooh, but <laughs> go big or go the young home, yeah. right heather 9.2 percent of all or nothing you see there's so no like, mid road no no my mom no. used to say like heather oh my god like you're so you cut off your nose to spite your face at every turn 
And a young antisocial type, which makes up 21.1% of alcoholics, according to the study oh, I read, wow. seek, are most likely to seek help. Okay. However, you have pieces from all of them in your personality. I just wanted to numb out. Welcome to a Creative Wellness Haven, a collaborative approach at retreat planning to bring you quality creative wellness opportunities by utilizing the healing qualities of art expression, nature, and self-care planning. We create a safe and welcoming environment to rest and rejuvenate. Our retreats feature chef-inspired meals, lodging, and a day boat ride is included. Find your flow state, rest in nature, leave refreshed with your art pieces. Let us guide you on a path towards a more balanced life. Join us for four days and three nights of creative wellness in the Elements of Art and Nature Retreat in Killarney, Ontario, this May 17th to the 20th. You can purchase tickets until March 31st. Our next mini day retreat is on Mother's Day, May 8th. Tickets are now on sale and that takes place in Port Weller, St. Catharines, Ontario from 12.30 to 4.30 p.m. Join us online for one-to-one or group creative coaching sessions. I'm excited to learn more about you and provide you with some new creative tools for self-reflection and well-being. Join me in evaluating your habits, exploring your emotions, hurts, and joys, and let me help you find hope, implement change, and support you in becoming more intimate and open with your needs. Together, we track your progress and keep you on track to reach your happiness and success goals, beginning with using expressive arts as a tool when words aren't enough. Self-reflection, revitalizations, self-love, and goal setting. And in terms of art and stuff, like, uh, I don't know, people are like, well, how do you take it from your hot, you know, I, your great question, Tanya, was like, well, I asked you, like, well, how big did you want to be? And sure. you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm sitting in my own personal journey as an yeah, artist. Yeah, like, do you want to be Damien Hurst? Who, who it's do a big you fear be, right? of rejection. There's a big fear Huge of rejection. failing. There's a big fear of imposter syndrome. There's just, like, this countless, like, and it's a dance. Two step forward, six steps Yeah, back. totally. Totally. You know, 14 steps forward, three steps back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's a constant dance. Yeah. And, and I think also there's this idea, you know, that you really, you, you have to have the drive and the desire. You have yeah. to have the it talent. to be there. You have to have the support. There's a lot of different support pieces in it, but support is huge, right? You know, h- how do you get into a gallery? How do you drag you know, all your pieces and set up? Mm-hmm. At a fair in an hour and a half. Absolutely. Right. Those, those. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. your podcast that I listened to that talked about how you came out into, you know, uh, doing the fair right away. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember doing that too. And I remember thinking like, this is brutal. I didn't paint you know, and for a year have after to that. Have really tough skin, right? My first fair. Where rejection. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I remember you saying that in your podcast, right? And, and it's also this idea of rejection. So I, I took a, a job in sales and I remember, you know, the first six months, because I, I was doing cold calling, and I was in tears. Brutal. In tears. It was so brutal. And my mom said to me, well, you know, if you don't like it, just 
just quit? And I said, well, well, I really can't because the company has invested a lot of time and effort into me and I've met with everybody in the company and they've all showed me their jobs and, and I feel that I at least owe them that. So I had to figure out a way oh, to deal with They train rejection. you to think that way in certain um, corporate, oh, I could go on, but corporate environments, like I've been in a corporate environment where it's like, it's almost like in like ingrained in you from when you start that you owe them something because they're training you. I'm hoping that COVID is at least put a bug into the people who oh, are like, you know yeah. what, go fuck if yourself. This isn't right like, for you. I, I and think it's not there a right has fit. like that great resignation so. that they talk There's about some. people leaving it. In my particular case, so I I just t- decided that I really kind of. I needed to toughen up because I wanted to succeed. You wanted to get good at it. I wanted to be good at it, and I needed to figure out a way around this. So in this particular case, it was very simple that I could look at it and say, this rejection, they're not rejecting me, Mm. Tanya, as a person. They're rejecting uh, the idea of changing the status quo, or in other words, changing you know the service or the company that they're using with to come to me, mm-hmm. and and once I could establish that it wasn't me personally because I'm awesome, it was the fear of change, right? Because we all make our decisions based on either fear or love, right? If you make your decision based from a position of love, you'll always make the right decision. I think it's about ego. I might be changing my mind on that. I'm not sure anymore. Or or fear where, you know, chances are you're not making the right decision because you're you're so afraid. But when it came to me personally, artistically, well, that rejection (laughs) became very very personal. And that was very difficult to say. No, they're not rejecting you, Tanya. They're just rejecting your talent, and your talent is you. So yeah, that well, became a completely different. Yeah, so you have to separate part. my talent as this. Yeah, I don't know if you do though. It's so complex. I know one thing for sure is when I talk about rec-based therapeutic art activities, uh, funders have a hard time understanding what I'm talking about, and the boxes that they give me to fill don't necessarily describe what I do. So they're like, okay, here's an art grant, here's a social work grant, and I wish they were more that were kind of melded together for that's me. That's coming. I think that's coming. There's as... a few out there that I've been able to access, but a lot of times it's like, oh, how do I, like even I filled one out for Hamilton Arts Week last week, and I just found myself like there's no box. There's no way of describe like the questions you're asking me don't describe what I want to present so then you're gonna write yeah so I just I wrote it, it in there anyway that yeah. as well right I, <laughs> I, I guess yeah good for good yeah. I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that you yeah, did that's that. the only way you can incite any type of change is by you know checking the other box filling it in but I'm, and they see there's a yeah, need for that that's change. what I've been doing that's how I've been kind of making baby steps yeah but with art it's the same thing like some people will look at it they're not going to understand it Right. It's not for that application or that yeah. exhibit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big uh, I was talking to a friend artist about commissions and do we like them? <laughs> no. And it's like, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Yes, I'm getting paid. to, But like, oh, my God, I got to crawl in somebody's. The pressure is different. The pressure is different. The deadline is different. Um that person is trusting you to exact their vision 
um, in What's your in their own head. style, or maybe not. Right? Maybe they just think you're a good artist and you can do yeah. all styles. Or like, and how yeah. within that? Here's con- the money. Just do whatever you want. Right. And so I learned. I did a recent um, piece, and I had to dialogue with the person. I'm like, Yo, listen up. You don't get to tweak this anymore. I have because we were doing like over. the prototype, right? And I, oh, could you do? Could you? Could, could, and I'm like, Yo, stop nip. Like, so I'm learning. Uh, from a business contractual standpoint, yep. contracts. How many pre-edits does the person get? Mm-hmm. How many? How much say so? All those mm. things. And how come there isn't a like somebody doing? That's sort of like what me and my sister had started doing with artist pathfinding series, and we're continuing to do certain like little pockets of. But one of the things I really like things like this, we need it in the artist community. We need an organization to step up and be like, we're doing this workshop this month and we're doing this workshop this month. And I, what do you guys need to know? Like, you I'm hoping me- that'll you need come. Mentors for we the need an art council. It's kind of similar like musicians, right? Now they're going to school and they're taking management courses so that they're not getting screwed over by managers and losing all that money. Yeah. But so many of them would just go out, write the songs and perform. Yeah. And they made no money. They lost yeah. everything. So na- so artists need the same thing. But there's division even within the community oh, as well. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. The business of art, right? Yeah. But business of art, yeah. I, I've ne- for me, my art comes from an emotion. Yeah, mine too. First. Mine uh, comes I can't help it. It just and it, does. I can't paint unless and I'm in the you, mood. And that's why you describe yourself as an intuitive artist, right? Yeah, because I never yeah. know what I'm starting with. So nothing that you see here or it's anything like of mine plan. is a plan. Mm-hmm. I've never had a plan. This uh, was the one commission I've ever done. I love that. And I was crying and at one point raging. Why? Because, because I it wasn't felt like good I enough? couldn't finish it. You couldn't finish it. And I was like, it's not what he's going to want. It's not what he's going to like. And when I gave it to him uh, he was like I love it I love that well how did that commission work for you so did I they ended up like wanted, giving it I to him and he you... shoved money in my pocket because I wanted mm-hmm. it far away from so me. you were not even able to assign worth to it no it was worthless to me after that oh because wow. it didn't bring me peace oh yeah would you have approached so the so Rhiannon I never, today I will never take one on again we, okay yeah that was not interesting yeah okay it's too tough hmm <sighs> It's so you need something that even, even looking at it and going, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I'm satisfied with the image. The experience was too it's much. Tough. It wasn't it's, worth it. It's hard. So you need to have something either that comes of your own volition, something that you're inspired by, or your own tuition, intuition, that you create it as you see fit, and then you bring it to market. Yep. You That's don't want to somebody to say, "I want you to create something for me," and it can be anything you like. Is that is that the way he well, did it? Well, because a lot or, of times when or people, or did he say specifically, "I would like a, a no, no, no"? Fish he wanted painting. a he wanted a sign for his fish room of this fish, and that was, and he's a huge fish guy, and that was okay. all the guidance. And he's you very were given. supportive of me, and he believed in me to produce it, but that's all over here. Mm-hmm. The experience mm-hmm. is. It's right. icky. Is, get, is getting to That's that. fair. But yeah. on the other side of that, though, oh, Rhiannon. Icky as in fish ick. Just a little pun thrown in there. <laughs> is On the other side of that is uh, getting to tell great stories and yeah. being a part of great stories. For example, I was able to do a commission uh, to tell a lesbian love story. How they met. How Now, they had a list of elements that they wanted inside of the piece, for example, 
the ex-husband had been had hired a private investigator and was following them so she wanted me to put in the piece could you show where the private investigator and I, so I put a little guy up in a tree <laughs> but and they wanted to explore their love of outdoor camping that made it easier because I had better direction yeah mm. they chose I'm like tell me your palette your size I call them fixed elements things you want in the piece and then what is up to me is the font up to me and through that dialogue I got to tell one of the most beautiful stories mm-hmm. and that exchange they were art appreciators it, it was name your price mm-hmm. we know that and it just went so perfectly yeah. still pressure for deadline but but yeah not all commission exchanges are icky and wretched yeah. some of them are so wide open i tried something kind of similar this summer and i also had a bad experience I just think it's not for me. Then you know and that, that's that, totally and that's okay fair. too. Yep. Yeah. I am not. Yeah. I'm not a fair not goer. Thinking of it, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It gets y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not. Yeah. Then it's not. I, I think it's so important to know who you are and what and what so you enjoy doing, right? What you, you know, if you establish that that's not my bag, I'm not comfortable in that milieu, then then don't do it. I love outsourcing, so I've outsourced now, uh, mat cutters. Oh. I couldn't cut a straight line. Uh, look, I, now give me ask me to do a ninety degree proper ninety degree angle or whatever. No, it's not happening. So that I've outsourced. That was a prerequisite to this podcast, wasn't it? The ninety degree angle, right? I snuck in. I don't even sure that. that. You're hilarious. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I have one friend who I know cuts her own mats. Yeah, you can't do it because I did. You you were talking about that a little bit about. You know, what I wish I would have known about the management side or the business side and all of that. Yeah. And I, I guess a lot of it comes as a surprise down the road. And you go, oh, I guess I need to know about this. Yep. And But I would yeah. feel guilt. So the difference between pre-COVID and now is pre-COVID, insecure Heather thought in order to be a valued artist, I must I must master all the skill sets from right. start to finish. I must stretch canvas, build canvas, mat. I've never like, That's stretched a bullshit. canvas. Bullshit. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Literally. That, so right. in this day and age, yeah, I will outsource accordingly. If there are skills I wish to acquire, I'm going to allow myself to learn. I never wanted to learn. Right. That I never wanted to learn. My brain said. But you were also. You're coming from fear-based. Well, also, you you said you were diagnosed or you were labeled a genius, young, skipped classes. So, like, you're coming from a different mindset. Well, I think my brain. Uh, we all have unique and individual brains, of course, but I'm really starting to see where my brain is differentiated. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of external, there's a lot of variables that determine my daily course of action. Uh, if I'm Self-taught is probably better than sitting in a classroom for you. If I could wear noise-canceling mm. headphones the way that I did um, in university, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they would cancel out up to 90 decibels um, and I would wear, I would wear those as an EA. With, yeah. With, 
being an educational assistant working with our most vulnerable kids with all a whole host of disorders, as I was putting on the, the vest or the weighted whatever, I was like, I need that too. Isn't that funny? I need it. And I started, and if for the kids who were hesitant to try new things, I would be like the model. I would do it first. Mm-hmm. And I really was like, that was the beginning of recognizing that my, number one, why am I always seeming to have the best results with autistic, nonverbal, high behavioral young boys? Why am I resonating so well? Why am I getting such good results? Why are we blowing up in in their skill sets? It's because I spoke the same language. It's a language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not easy to learn. You see how impatient we get when things are different? You fill out paperwork and you better say it this way. Yeah. Well, think about how many people that excludes, not even like not English even, as an yeah. offer. Like let's yeah. take out even like English – now let's what if you could what if your brain literally cops out at a paragraph larger than 15 words yeah and that's tough a lot like, of, think yeah. about any document you have to look at now think about mm-hmm. filling in a resume as an how adult. long does that take i know as a yeah. i was i've i worked as a social worker and i had to sit with people and fill in forms yeah and often. think about that person now not only do they feel shameful that they needed assistance you have to learn how to part yep. as part of the job yep they're yeah. overwhelmed in that environment you're asking personal questions the brain fog comes in the excitability all of those things so emotional regulation i took all of the labels that the people dumped mm-hmm. and had the cognitive ability to say what works and what doesn't yeah. and thank god for google and those language oh, those man. labels are just another language in itself that's too. it and they're always changing right like mm-hmm. so i just revisited the dsm-5 and even, so we used to call things, um, well, we used to call it multiple personality disorder. That's and that's right. no that's, longer. Yeah. It's dissociative identity, mm-hmm. right? And even within that framework, there's little, and, uh, you know, I have such a Or good, even manic depressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Rapid cycle versus, you know, all of but these But some little, of those labels still stick. Yep. Some of them do. Some yeah. of them don't. And, and what's the value of a label? I don't know. I'm learning about labels in art, for example. Uh, I might have a better chance to sell my print if I de- self-identify as an emerging artist. Yeah. What's, what's the lingo in the business? I was going to bring that up, actually. <laughs> so what do you feel? Like, okay, so it's a two-parter. Oh, and I, I, like wrote th- I wrote this down because I actually wanted to bring it up with both of you. So first is, what is an emerging artist? And how does an artist emerge? Mm, oh. Those are great questions. Do you want to take it? Because I, I, I feel I feel like I could I'm go. I'm thinking but... about number two. No, you, okay. you take it. Yeah. Number two, question I was, two. I was uh, educated. So I guess there is a, I don't remember the resource, but there are criteria by which you define professional emerging, novice, mm-hmm. and hobby. Yep. Uh, so... I identified as an emerging artist because I had shown artworks in, uh, le- I'm, I'm going to use the word legitimate, uh, galleries X number of times, um, expanding, uh, the media in which I used. So not just illustration, but now getting into print work or clay or other media. And how am I emerging? I'm emerging because I'm putting myself out to the world without giving a fuck about what comes back 
And if that isn't butterfly emergence, well, I don't know what is. <laughs> so that's my take on that. I don't give a shit anymore. That's so powerful. I got so poo-pooed on by the people yeah. I thought that mattered. <laughs> and I'm still drawing anyway. Mm-hmm. So... And, that, and what's the, your I preference that, of art? You know what I mean? Like, like, why should you base if you are emerging or professional based on somebody else's version of what art's supposed to be? Yeah, and right. how can I interpret a never-changing market? You yeah. know, there's these kids these days that these young men I'm following, one of them is, oh, forgive me, Chris, art four by six. He just won, uh, he won a uh, Niagara Falls award. His, his work is very uh, basquiat. Like, I think I follow him as well. Okay. So like these young guys that are the come-ups. Yeah. They're, they're telling us what's next. Wor- yes. Yeah. They are the leaders. They're saying, don't be afraid of what this means. Go. Set. Mm-hmm. And so if these young devil may care, and I'm going, wait a minute, but I have experience. No. I'm just not buying into what I'm telling myself anymore. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. Right. My- we're our worst enemies, yeah. really. And we and we create this narrative in our in our in our heads. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Or I'm not worthy or as you Mine were isn't talking good about enough. No, that's right. your brain, that right? Imposter syndrome yeah, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I challenge that. Absolutely. And and really the And art haters has to be are gonna your, hate. Oh, Thank you, Tay. Mm-hmm. Tay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They are. And we cannot change our art based on what, you know, the market is now saying only purple art is pretty. Yeah, no. Well, I don't like purple. I want to, you know, it, it has to be intrinsically what you buy into, what you believe, what moves you. And that's, that's not to say you don't want to try work. new skill sets either, sure. right? Oh, right. But Digital that's what I'll come back to. With, you know, with different mediums. That's why yeah. I desperately wanted to try collage. I yeah. thought that was fantastic. Collage is a, big right now, cor- too. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It, mm-hmm. I cannot. It's like all of a sudden during the pandemic, I tried the collage during your program. And then uh, when things opened up between one of the, you know, dreadful lockdowns there was a little art festival in Toronto in a park and I went and I was just so happy I was so happy to be out amongst art and there must have been at least 30 percent of the tents collage work and yeah. I thought what's going on and I talked to one of the artists and I said you know is there is there something in there yeah there is something going on I think it's it's accessible yeah I have you it- seen Canva this new um they, yeah, they had a little course at Mac that I I popped in over a lunchtime to take a look at. You can do collage all on your computer. Yeah, now. you don't even have to cut. Well, and like paste. my son does digital art. He does different forms of it. He does some animations and things like he's that. Good. He's, he's good. He's he's good for. But you know what's amazing? Okay, so his art form. His his most popular art form is he takes animated movies, like um, from Japan. Okay, he'll. He festers and thinks and whatnot, and he listens to a lot of new music. He turns me on to new music constantly. But a song will sort of tell him a story. You, you know when you have those songs that you're like, I could picture making a video to this, like a music video. I know what the music video, My even if you've already seen background. the music video, right? He takes these animated videos and splices and cuts them all up and makes what he thinks the animated music video oh, should wow. be. Oh, wow, what a gift. And he's got like over 100,000 views on some of these videos. Yeah. Amazing. So that's the new definition of worth in the artistic realm is clicks and views. Right. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Yeah, he's but excited about it. I'm also wary of, because we've just kind of shifted that into like 
so I'm seeing some of the young people they're like oh I only have so my nephew's a yeah you can't game streamer it. or something and he's like oh like he's kind of down on himself because he's not getting that many likes or hits or whatever so I I'm cautious of just it's like that's just the new like money mm-hmm. right and so like yeah 100,000 views none of his yeah. is mo- he can't monetize he any can't of it because he uses other people's music uh, right. So, yeah. so, so he promotes. So do you want to know how to get around that? I'll tell you music. how to get around that right now. And it's not even a loophole. It's legal. Buy a SoCan license. It's $150 yeah. for like That'll a year. That'll have to be his next thing. Get him that for a gift. Yeah. That's oh, a good idea. Please edit that part. I know. So I'm like, surprise. Know. But <laughs> because with that licensing. Um, Is that how you go. get around it? You just yeah, you pay a SoCan fee every time. Yeah. yeah. I thought was that SoCan was just Canada based. So, so it's a database. So, but you're based in Canada. So that it, it's just the, the governing body that doesn't limit you to Canadian content. Okay. Yeah. So global. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you talk about NFTs a bit? Do you buy into that? What's your opinion? I think that NFTs are a freight train, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to wait and see. Do I understand it? I do, because I started with um, step one, uh, Google, what is blockchain? And then I learned about that. So the concept of what an NFT is, non-fungible token, I understand. I think it has merit. And I think as now as we watch Ukraine and Russia and potential for third world catastrophic engagement, like mm-hmm. legit, yeah, legit, paper currency is a joke. And it will be gone, I believe, in the next 50 years to assume that we will live in a paper society and to not explore digital currencies when we already see there's a young kid on YouTube who just funded the physical purchase of a Tesla vehicle with NFT currency. So it's already happening that non-money is translating into tangible purchases. So you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. That's that's there. Um, in terms of myself being an artist who wants to get on on it i've thought about it but i need to understand more and i would really like to engage in a dialogue with some young people who are fearless and are just putting their stuff out there because um, nft is a digital ledger and so every if you purchase this well you don't hold this you hold the file of this and then every transaction thereafter is digitally logged onto the end of the blockchain and so it has a hist- a digital history that comes with the piece. And so that's what's affecting buying and selling, the value of said piece. Um, so I have a lot to learn. Do I think it's going away? No, absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. It's either. Pandora's no. box that no. is wide open. And I think uh, the people who will lose out are the people who are afraid, much like many other things. So I don't know how that'll age, if that'll age poorly. <laughs> but from what I'm seeing For of sure. the younger set... Like, I'm not going to look to my older people to see what's what. I got to look to the up because they're just exploding. Yeah. In I've this looked new into language. a few different And what do you take platforms. away from it? Um, I think a few people are making money at it, not a lot. And I think that uh, there are, just like everything else, all sorts of services popping up going, we'll get you started. Mm-hmm. Sign on for us and we'll take five cents yeah. of every blah, blah, blah. You got to really be careful. It's too And new. again, I wish somebody 
that was an established arts and trusted organization in Niagara would step up and offer these workshops for that's the artists. coming. I think that's coming with the, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but all of this hype around Niagara Falls Arts and Culture, our new artist hub that's yeah, maybe it'll physical come there. construction. Um, we really do need some guidance and some... I think it's coming. I'm very hopeful. And I very much think, Rhiannon, that with your skill sets and the finger reach that you're having in community, um, stay hopeful in the next five years. Because I'm hopeful. It's coming. It, it, it's coming. Um, I, hope, I hope so. I've always mm. said we need a mentorship program. And I see... Um, like a Soil Arts Fest has their residency. So I was, I was like, wow, okay, good. But we need more mentorships. We need more of a mentorship program. We need um, how to file your taxes as an artist. We need, like, there's certain things that I just feel like are, like, no-brainers. And we've got so many self-taught artists in the region. But look at the bigger picture, which is, which you already said, which is funding. Yeah, right? funding, funding. So funding is a priority for your government. Right. So in our local government of Niagara Falls proper, not St. Catharines, but Niagara Falls proper, <laughs> arts and culture? Not like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the first thing for like money. Is, the budget is cut. Yeah. So that's well, there because need, the funding for culture is going down to Clifton Hill area. Ah, oh, yeah. to Madame Toussaint's Wax Museum. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. I want to ask so oh, about this idea though of mentorship. So who is really stepping up to become well, the mentor? Right. Are there? Is it? Are, There's you a pocket. There's a, a pocket, small pocket, a pocket right now, and they're trying to grow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did look into them because I was like, okay, this is this is great. Like they're they're doing residencies, but and there's you get a lot of a mentorship st- in that. But I, what I'm observing is that they're the mentorships are coming through aged white men and women. Of Some. of of techniques that don't interest Old me whatsoever tech- i'm not interested yeah. in plain air or okay fine, so you know. look into the um in the soil one i think they're doing something yeah. called green room yeah. too they're doing so artist things chats like in the soil that are yeah. perhaps a little bit more progressive i guess yeah maybe a little more inclusive not saying that the masters and like those skill sets don't have value mm-hmm. that's not what i'm saying just maybe a broader picture i feel of, the yeah. same way i don't like for me personally i have a, a I have an unpopular opinion of fine art in that if I wanted a piece, I would just take a photograph of that if I wanted it to be so exact. But I, but I, I can't say that that doesn't spectacularly impress me when somebody can replicate. Sure, but it doesn't spark. You don't want it in your wall. No, and that's yeah, okay. Too. I'd rather have the photograph. Yeah, what sure. you want. And yeah. I guess that's the magic, but. Like, I want to pull from the people who've had the experience and can share their insight without judging me. I've asked artists. That's another thing. And I'm sure it happens in the musicians community and all of the arts. There's an echelon of people who see being asked about their craft as an opportunity to share and grow. But there's also a group of people or artists that because their work possibly is so personal. You, you, I've asked to you know, oh, I see. We I see how that acrylic blended with that oil and created this. How did you do that? Oh, that's my trade secret. I can't let it out of the bag. And I'm like, dude, like I'm not recreating your work. I'm asking for a skill set so that I could. And it 
you would have thought I was asking for a kidney. Mm. So I think that also goes back to, okay, personal mentality and all that. Sure. But it also, yeah. like, do you know how many times I get asked for, to do stuff for free? <laughs> all the time, I bet. Yes. Yeah. But there's a greediness. Will you that help comes me write a grant? It, oh, well, that's mm. like 15, 20 hours. And that's somebody's yeah. actual job. Like, that's a real job. Yeah. I'm job. like, well, can you yeah. pay me 4%? Let's make a deal. And it's like, well, at this time, we don't want to pay and we don't feel our organization is we want volunteers like okay well then you're going to get the volunteer that's in their late career who's got that older set mentality i'm going to say higher um percentage of probability that you're going to get that than somebody who's going to for instance say like let's pull in a speaker from toronto on nfts yep I wanted to touch on, on this pandemic a little bit because I, I love what you said. I, I, I've talked to some folks who have said, yeah, the pandemic was great for me. In your case, it was a bit of, you know, you felt a little bit of validation, it sounds like to me anyways, yeah. that finally people are sort of getting what I'm going through. But one of the things that I found throughout the pandemic, you know, in intense loneliness, it was it was so brutal for me living alone. It was just like I made bad decisions and I'm not proud of them, but I did. But one of the things that I loved was I learned so many different things via my lovely trusted computer. So when you talk about skill sets that you want to develop, I'm finding that thanks to the pandemic and Zoom, a whole world. That's true. I'm thinking you are yeah, the online right now. Absolutely, yeah. I am taking courses online as well. The fun, the f Luminato was canceled, and there was a, a French dance troupe out of Montreal that were having a big performance. And so instead of having the big flash mob that they were going to audition everybody, they, they opened it up to everybody. So you had two weeks, anybody could do it, and they had practices at noon and at 6 p.m. Noon was English, 6 p.m. was French. I speak French. I did both of them. Every day for two weeks, moved the furniture in the living room, practiced all my dance moves. There were people from all over the world partaking. And then on a set date, we all got dressed up. We put our cameras on. We did the dance. They put a collage together. Unfortunately for me, on said dance day, <laughs> my hair was perfect, the makeup, the dress. Couldn't remember a single dance move. Oh, no. <laughs> it was <laughs> abysmal. But never in a million years would I have attempted ah, to dance. Okay. I have two left feet. I can't sing. You know, none of that. But what a, a joy yeah. it was to be able to try something that's so awesome. different. I think and we should do. And that was a do... gift of the pandemic. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I great. Think, yeah. That's great. We should do a whole just like episode on what we learned during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. God, Things we sure. tried yeah. during the pandemic. And I mean, it's still here, right? So, oh, yeah, I mean, is. I mean, we talk oh, about no, it in no, the past. It's, finished. It's, it's It's really not. Cheers, <laughs> cheers, cheers. I'm feeling the backlash. Oh. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. And Heather, I want to say, come on again anytime because there's so much more that we can chat about. We didn't even talk about your new show. Oh, Can well, I give a yeah, quick, let's do a quick that's, that's a quick plug. You, you can do a Thanks. quick plug and then I want to do a quick little fun game. Awesome. Okay, so sit tight. I, I So the time frame has yet to be worked out but uh, I have drawn a series of 10 large erotic works that celebrate all-inclusive exploration deals with isolation mental health basically how somebody starts from a pandemic and comes out clean on the other side if you will and the evening that I'm 
hoping to create is a kink-friendly, light BDSM adult lounge. That is, the show is titled Suspended Logic, an ongoing sensory release, because that's how I roll in this world, sensory-based. So um, stay tuned for more, but it's uh, my, my first solo exhibit, and uh, I'm ecstatic. So. I'm excited. So you're emerging. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Thank you. That's yeah. great. Yep. Emerging. Have you got a date yet? It's tentative because it keeps getting pushed as pushed. we discuss things we want. And Do you know venue? Yes. Venue is High Q, uh, the Niagara Herbalist Cannabis, uh, Lake Street, St. Catharines. Yeah, great, venue, venue. great venue. Great <laughs> venue. Um, really excited. Basically, just imagine rolling up, dressed as however you want, ro- stepping into a space that has deep bass music with maybe a server with a platter of mango and papaya, Mm. perhaps a male with wings and a mask in a birdcage. And I'll leave it at that. Exciting. Don't forget to send me an invite. It's all all the people. (laughs) Everybody's invited. All the people. Yeah, everybody's invited. Exciting. That sounds interesting. Okay, we got a game? We got a game here, Rhiannon? So just from what I've seen so far, I just wanted to say that whatever you've been hiding that you haven't been showing on social media, I'm eager to see. Because from what I've seen so far, I'm like loving the new stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, so this game is called Origin of Colors. Oh, okay. And it's all about paint colors and where they originated from. Oh, shit. Oh, dear. I don't know. It's going to get technical academic oh, oh yeah. and come on uh, did we agree to this yep is there a color <laughs> called antelope fire mist oh, <laughs> fire mist. oh my goodness there be, should be i want to be the you need to write sit- to beam paints and tell them that name uh, <laughs> i want to be the one who sits in the room and says like no this color is antelope fire mist <laughs> yes i would just name all my colors based on food right yeah all right what do we got okay already sweating right <laughs> It's it's not it's not hard. Um, okay, sepia. We all India? know we, sepia. sepia, which mm. is like our printer mm-hmm. ink color. Yeah. Um, India is the dye found. Oh. In, oh, it's gonna be A, B, or C. Actually. Yeah, A, B, or okay. C. Okay. When it's doubt. sourced from A. A cuttlefish, B, a snail, or D, an octopus. Oh, oh! I, I think I, I was I, my first guess was B, but B or C. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll B. Eh, I always say C. What I else? didn't actually think it was either any of those three, so I'm so wrong. It it's is a. a ink dye found in an ink sac in the cuttlefish. In the cuttlefish. Oh, is that C? That's A. a. We oh, bo- I we both to lose. A. Right, we yeah. both Okay. Um, this is fun. <laughs> Kermes is a species of uh, scale insect that produces a red dye. It was a tribute to Roman armies and accepted as payment for what in the Middle Ages? Sex. Sex is incorrect. Uh, However, incorrect. that would have been cool. Protection? No. Armor? No. Taxes? Close. Potatoes. <laughs> Land allotment. Rent. Oh! oh! We were good. <laughs> Another five minutes, we would have had rent. 
It was a housing <laughs> crisis even back then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there certainly was, yeah. Okay, so which spice is used to dye Tibetan Buddhist monks' robes? Saffron. Turmeric. 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 Got it. <laughs> okay. And I only know that I guessed that because I just stained, oh, I just yeah, stained tumor, my countertop. Yeah you, can't, yeah, you can't get it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's see. Were there prizes, by the way? Which color yes. of paint was made from feeding cows mangoes and collecting their urine and is now banned, a banned practice? What color was made from doing that? What color was paint? made from doing that? Nope. Sorry, what did they feed? What did they feed? They fed cows mangoes and collected the urine. It's now a banned practice Yellow? considered. It would have to be something sort of yellow. Yellow? It's not an ochre. That would come from the ground, right? Mango. Well, what? Mango's kind of orange. But what it happens in the, I mean, cows have like seven guts. I don't know, green? Vermilion. <laughs> You're overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's yellow. Are you surprised it's, that you asked me that and I'm was, overthinking? Like, of course. Fluorescent like, yellow, Indian Indian yellow. Uh, I think that was okay. a trick question. And I was <laughs> I just thinking, so. wasn't it Andy Warhol who used to get his boyfriends to, you know, give him, like, eat certain foods and collect the urine no. and then put it on paintings? Really? Yeah, he would put it on paintings. Mm-hmm. I've done that with yeah. menstrual blood. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Chicky Jackson Pollock used to flip, you know, his cigarette butts into yeah. his paint. If you look at a Pollock painting, you'll see cigarette butts, beer caps. <sighs> That's awesome. It's fantastic. I love it. Do we lose our artist cards now? No, like... no. <laughs> yeah. This man. one is redeeming. This is not going as, you know, cheeky, awesome. But it's fun, as I... though. Oh, yeah. yeah. This this one will redeem you. Okay. Um, oh, Hugh... God. Now, look, the pressure. What if we don't get it? <laughs> a hue produced that's invalid now, that was produced in the 17th century by layering cow and horse manure over lead and vinegar, sealed for three months to produce flakes of what color? And it also is known to lead to lead poisoning. Mercury? That, that, that... What color? Silver. No, you said it before, though. (laughs) It was an answer you gave to another one. Vermilion? (laughs) <laughs> white white, white. Oh. there you go so that's my little oh. thing. you got one I got zero that you didn't get awesome. any you didn't get the, the cow pee one I didn't get the cow I did say yellow then switched yeah, to orange that's oh. fun oh I wow. like those yeah, those so, are really interesting so that was just because you know we were talking a lot about like the evolution of art and I had a couple quizzes prepared, but I thought, you know what? This one kind of goes with it. Like, yeah. art is always evolving. Yeah, and and Truth. look how interesting it is with how much it caused death. You know, like you, you blindness, blindness. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all that lead, yeah, arsenic. And, and I thought it was um, it was um, Monet then who, when he went blind. No, I'm sorry, it was Matisse who went blind. And then went to collage, right? After when he couldn't paint. I can't. I, I'm not sure. Art history and I are not friends. Not friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go it's back. Interesting. History is interesting. Yeah, but I, I remember thinking. Yeah, I think it was Matisse who, who basically his vision went went bad, so he couldn't really paint anymore, and so just started doing paper cutouts. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Tanya, what new thing will you put your hands in next? Ah. Oh. Can I tell you what I'm going to do next? Yes, tell me. I'm going to, I'm learning, uh, I found an online belly dancing called <gasps> Shimmy. 
Oh, <laughs> belly dancing is. And so I'm gonna do fun. it at home by myself because so I can, fun. and because I have no rhythm, so I'm gonna learn like the basic. I'm learning oh, this, the shoulder so drop, it's all and in the, the hips. hips. Yeah, well, that's where all the problem. This so, is good for you. So what are what are you? I, I bring it to you, girls. Something. I start a new semester in May, and I'm learning about uh, psychology and drugs. Ah. So I'm eager to learn more about That's psychedelics and awesome. things in that course. When you wish to have an... are big now. I've been re- like... I've been a member of this Portland society for for like years. Apparently, it was legal in Portland for a Do while. No, I'm learning about becoming a host so at some point i'm gonna have to go that's why i might go to portland and actually experience the whole thing with people i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. because i think if you're gonna be a guide at some point you need to experience it well not at some point you definitely need to experience it and you damn well need to bring the science i've done mushrooms Mm -hmm. before well you know for fun but it's a completely different now used in you know, a medicinal. Well, it's yeah, been it's proven approved. to reduce depression 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, treatment, treatment, treatment resistant depression. Yeah, treatment Particularly lithium resistant, severe. So the ones that they would have like gone into the brain to do the deep um, electric, yeah. electrode stimulation is having the best results with the microdosing. But here's the thing too, be careful because I thought I was microdosing. And when I talked to somebody with more knowledge than myself, I realized I was like tenfold dosing. Yeah, it's so it's very minute amounts. It, it and 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 even down to like, what capsules did you order mm-hmm. from where? Yeah, what is from the where and who? Because again, it, same thing this as yeah. all other areas. Yeah. One little hook on the block on the chain, and you have a hundred percent different response. A lot of people so. will will prepare their area. Like I've got my bedroom, my blankets, I got this and that yeah. ready, but really I feel like um your first experiences should be with a guide. I agree. I never had that. Yeah. I had it with friends. Yeah. I did a lot of mushrooms. Well not a lot, but I did mushrooms as a teenager and in my early twenties with like my sisters and whatnot, but I did way too much. Like and way too much. I found that my best friend and I, we experience the same dose 100% different. So I do not get the, um, yeah necessarily the visual aspects. That's what I'm eager to learn about is, you know, more, I need more information on that if I'm, if I'm to mm-hmm. include it later on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great and I need a lot more experiences. I'm and, not going to jump also into the it. the source of the product that you're using, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's going to be. That's I think it's going to be legal in Canada to use in practice oh, for eventually, sure. but Five you're going to need, okay, yeah, and you're going to need like a certification uh, as a psychotherapist or something along those lines to yeah. administer it. And I yep. think, and I think that's fair. I think that that should exist. And right? I think if you see people popping up with it at wellness retreats, beware. I uh, generally follow the get high on my own supply. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I will bring my own to the party yeah uh, because i don't it's not that i don't necessarily trust my hosts it's that you don't know. i've seen hosts who don't know who don't know what they have uh, and uh, that's not their fault either like yeah. you don't know you don't know but i know and it's my mm-hmm. body so i'm going to make damn sure i know what's going on right? i recently got a little bit of a like a sponsorship co-marketing thing with a oil company and they sent me some lavender sleep oil cbd lavender sleep oil I have really you tried like it. Yeah, I really like it's, it. It's Do you working? have trouble sleeping? Um, when not I'm studying. When I'm, <laughs> yeah, that, not now. It's perfect. When I'm studying, I do. Do you? Oh yeah. If I have an exam coming up, 
there's no chance. I have calm on. I've drank my tea. I'm, you know, everything. Mm. Yeah. But I other than that, anywhere, I get pretty anytime. good sleep. I'm so blessed. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna end this thing here, and we're gonna say goodbye to Heather. But welcome to come back at any time to discuss any pieces that maybe we <gasps> overlooked today or That's didn't get amazing. deep enough into. And thank you so much, yeah. Tanya, for joining us as our co-host today. And hope fun. you come back as well. Oh, I hope Thanks I'm for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Tanya. It was great to meet you. It was nice Thanks, to meet Rhiannon, you too. for welcome. continuing your work in the community. Yeah. Absolutely. I love what I'm doing, and I'm gonna stay on my path. Yeah. So, yeah. Stay the course, eh? Stay the course. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out and I will send you our preliminary questions to get started. If you'd like to be a special guest co-host, please reach out to me directly.